Chapter Thirteen of That Office Boy by Francis J. Finn, S.J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A chapter of surprises. Eva is taken ill, and Brother Fat makes a startling discovery. When a moment later Miss Tennyson, pale and trembling, entered the office, her eyes fell upon a tableau, striking and dramatic. Michael, propped against his desk, was staring hard at the floor while his right hand was violently stroking his hair. Eva, facing him, was holding both hands in a gesture intended to convey the exact size of the tissue-paper-covered package. Father Donnell, standing back of the two, his eyes on the ceiling, was moving his lips in prayer. "'I've lost the piano,' said Miss Tennyson abruptly, her lips quivering. She smothered a sob and sank into a chair. "'Who was that fat, ingrown-nosed?' black-haired oily-faced cock-eye asked michael she's mrs jane rockefeller the woman who runs that employment bureau answered miss tennyson i knew she was capable of almost any sort of trick but i never imagined she'd have the face to come to this office and capture my coupons my dear young lady said father donnell i realize that i have made an awful blunder that woman completely deceived me she made me feel certain that she knew you intimately she talked so nicely. She can do that to the Queen's taste, interpolated Miss Tennyson. Why, she says she lived in your parish on the hills. She doesn't, said Miss Tennyson, and she claimed she was officer in the Lady Sodality out there. She's not even a Catholic. She has no religion, they tell me. Let me see, said Michael, who had been figuring. Those Bigby people were buying coupons at ten cents a hundred. At that rate, they would have paid $33 for our 33,000 coupons. She got them for $25, a savings of $8. She paid us just a little over eight cents a hundred. I protest, Michael. The coupons were not sold. She simply stated that if I would get her 20,000 coupons or so to present to Miss Tennyson as a surprise, she would make me a donation for the school children, and it was on the understanding that she was to make them all over to Miss Tennyson that I gave them to her. I'm a witness to that, said Michael. I know what I'll do, said Miss Tennyson. I'll telephone Tom at once. He knows all about that woman, and he'll go there and try to make her hand them back. Eva and Michael glanced at each other ruefully. Father Donnell cleared his throat, preparatory to a painful explanation. But Miss Tennyson anticipated him. And if he can't persuade her, he'll try and frighten her. We'll get the same lawyer who brought her to time before to go after her. Miss Tennyson, said Father Donnell, it's too late. Too late? Yes, the package is already in the contest editor's office, and it is labeled domestic, 33,000 for Miss Bigby. It was written, said Eva, with a blue lead pencil. Miss Tennyson took out her handkerchief and wept. Father Donnell looked at her helplessly for a moment, and pulling forth a huge bandana, removed his spectacles and wiped his eyes. "'More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of,' he quoted. "'The innocent little children of this school, Miss Tennyson, are praying that this terrible blunder may be righted. I had no idea that there were such deceitful people in the world.' "'The question now is,' said Michael, "'what can we do?' If we don't head this thing off, Miss Tennyson has no ghost of a show to get that piano. I had so set my heart on it, cried the tear-faced young lady. We were doing so well this week, 
and an hour ago I felt almost certain we were going to win. Michael, after his last remark, had gone into the telephone booth. Maybe, said Eva, if you and Tom and the prefect of the young lady's sodality were to go down and see the contest editor and tell of the mean trick, he might give them back. Then Eva proceeded to weep, too. We might do something that way, Miss Tennyson, said Father Donnell, and you can use my name and say that I am prepared to make an affidavit to the effect that I gave that woman those coupons on the express understanding that they were to be turned in for you. The contest editor of the journal, announced Michael, coming out of the telephone booth, is off duty during the day, but he has to be at the office tonight to receive the vote, and he will be there sharp at six o'clock. That, observed Father Donnell, will give us more time to pray. And, added Michael, we are not going to give up, Miss Tennyson. Since that woman walked off with those 33,000 coupons, we got in at least 3,000 more, and today we are going to get dead loads of them. I think I ought to be back in class, observed Eva. Father, will you please give me a note to my teacher? And, Miss Tennyson, I want to ask you a great favor. Miss Tennyson wiped her eyes and looked inquiringly at the child. May I go with you tonight? You see, I was the one who saw the package just after it was delivered. It might help some if I came along. We shall be delighted to have you, Eva, said the young lady, who, even in the bitterness of sorrow, lost none of her sweetness. Eva went her way in a mist of smiles and tears. At noon she sent word to Mrs. Milton that important business in regard to the contest must account for her absence at lunch. She spent half an hour before the Blessed Sacrament. Like Michael, on an occasion already set down, she was praying for light. When she left the church, she went speedily, taking her way downtown, and eventually arriving at the school just in time for the afternoon classes. It seemed to Michael that the clock was skipping the hours. Brother Fatten himself, bathed in perspiration, although the thermometer indicated several degrees below freezing point, had just succeeded in filling the twelfth box, labeled like its fellows, ten thousand when a knock at the door caused them both to jump. They were working in the inside office, the door being kept jealously closed. "'What is it?' asked Michael, opening the door about three inches. He looked out upon a well-filled outer office. "'It is ten minutes to six, Michael,' said the prefect, "'and Miss Tennyson, Mr. Donovan, and Eva and myself are ready to start to the office of the journal.' Although it was ever so early in the evening, the room was filled with workers. All realized that, as Michael had put it, there was to be a big killing that night. Many a sedalist on this eventful evening went supperless to bed. "'Well, be sure to hurry back as fast as you can,' said Michael, entering the outer office and carefully closing the door behind him. "'We need all the workers we can get. Hello, Eva, who fixed you up?' At the door leading into the vestibule, Eva vested in a robe that swept clear to her feet, her hair done up, stood like a sentinel. Thus arrayed and adorned, she looked like a young lady. "'I fixed myself,' smiled Eva. "'Where did you get the grand opera cloak?' added Michael. "'I borrowed it,' said Eva simply. "'Well, good-bye, we're off,' cried the prefect. Eva, still like a sentinel, waited till the three had passed, and then followed with much dignity. This position in the rear she maintained all the way to the office of the journal— Mr. Donovan walked with Miss McCabe on one arm and Miss Tennyson on the other. Eva followed them. The office was a small room, a chair, a roll-top desk, a few magazines and papers, 
and on one side a number of packages most prominent among all the large tissue-paper bundle with the christmas stamps and the writing in blue pencil the chair at this particular time was filled by a young man with the first faint suspicion of a moustache he was apparently very busy the three entered briskly followed by eva who still acting the part of a sentinel stopped beside the door where erect and quiet her hands covered by her grand opera cloak she stood statue-like during the proceedings well what can i do for you asked the contest editor my name is donovan and this young lady is miss tennyson who is in the domestic contest glad to meet you all especially you miss tennyson you have certainly worked hard and you are making the others hustle i shouldn't be at all surprised if you were to win hands down that's the way we all felt about it until today put in the prefect but unless you can help us by giving us fair play i fear we shall have to give up indeed if i can help you i will be glad to do so the case began thomas donovan is this at great length and with proper circumstances he told the story of deceit and trickery and he concluded seeing that this woman got these coupons by false pretenses we ask that you give them back to the one lady for whom as we can prove they were intended the editor pursed his lips and tapped his table with a lead pencil you say he said at length that this woman paid twenty-five dollars for those thirty-three thousand coupons no no cried the three she made that as a donation exclaimed miss mccabe irrespective of the number of coupons received that may be very true said the editor but the fact is she got thirty-three thousand coupons from you people and you people got twenty-five dollars from her that's a very bad way of putting it said the prefect indignantly maybe so but that's the way it would be put by their side if i were to give you back those coupons i really can't do it well then persisted mr donovan will you agree not to count them at all the editor put his head in his hands i-i really can't see that either he answered these people i suppose know what they have put in and if i were not to count them it would bring them all down on me after all it would be their word against yours have you counted them yet asked the prefect no when packages come in we simply put them aside mark with the kind of coupon and the alleged number and the name of the person for whom they are entered as you know we no longer insist upon each coupon being stamped on wednesday morning or early in the afternoon we have a crowd to open the packages and verify the counts of those who send them in they are published then in the last edition of that day's journal now we haven't looked at that package you claim that that woman brought in in fact i haven't received it one of the other men must have received it and marked it while i was out here it is said eva stepping forward into the circle and holding in both hands the christmas embroidered bundle all gazed upon it intently mr donovan hungrily miss mckay with indignation miss tennyson in tears oh that's it i see it is entered for miss bigby and mark thirty three thousand george that's pretty rough put it back where you got it young lady well what are you going to do about it asked the prefect i'm afraid we can't go behind the returns you see if we did it in one case there's no knowing what trouble we get into everybody would begin to claim false returns i really wish i could do something but i see no way out and still you see our claim is just cried the prefect it really seems to be 
but there is the hard fact that you gave a woman thirty-three thousand coupons and she gave you twenty-five dollars appearances are against you and on appearances they have just as strong a claim as you have i see said the prefect with flashing eyes that we have no chance of justice here let's go the three turned silently and faced eva who save for the few moments in which she handled the package had maintained her sentinel-like position go on eva continued the prefect at any rate we can hurry back to the office and work eva led the way out and the other three as they passed took one long last look at a beautiful package adorned with christmas seals and bearing on its face the terrible legend thirty-three thousand coupons domestic for miss bigby outside the office eva fell behind and they went their way silent and sorrowful miss tennyson wept miss mccabe groaned and what mr tom donovan said under his breath was not distinct enough for record they reached the school at a quarter to seven the yard was thick with boys and the air vibrant with their gleeful yells word had passed around that the yls were about to snow the sunflowers under all were ready to take part in the demonstration the office was packed what news what luck these and a dozen other questions assailed them on their entrance no luck at all said the prefect the editor said he was sorry but he could do nothing added tom donovan then there arose cries and many voices suddenly there came from the inside office a scream succeeded by a hysterical laugh a silence came upon all without quick came michael's voice brother fat get a glass of water there was laughter again a girl's laughter then a shriek it must be eva said the prefect she's got hysterics and miss lily mccabe followed by all who could crowd their way pushed into the inner office eva was sitting on a chair an incipient laugh cut short by brother fats putting a glass of water to her mouth she drank a little and stopped looked dazed and bewildered whereupon brother fat with great presence of mind dashed the rest of the water into her face with another shriek eva jumped from her chair oh i want to go home i must go home she cried some demon of terror seemed to possess the child she was pale and trembling what's the matter eva asked miss mccabe oh i must go home wailed the girl in tones that sounded heart-rending eva whispered brother fat his face expressing all the commiseration of an ideal undertaker is all broken up over those coupons stolen from miss tennyson she felt sure before we went to the journal that we'd get them back while brother fat was thus sympathetically explaining the situation miss mccabe had put one arm around eva and patting the child's cheek whispered those little words of endearment and consolation which are ever ready to the lips of good women the color slowly returned to the child's face though there remained upon it an expression of uneasiness and mystery now girls said the prefect go on with your work i am going to see eva home myself the poor child is almost heartbroken on account of miss tennyson why my dear little girl said miss tennyson you needn't take on so the contest isn't over yet and who knows what we may be able to make up miss tennyson as she spoke took eva to her arms and hugged her affectionately eva smiled gratefully but for the rest remained passive and with the same look of fear and uneasiness was conducted by the two young ladies from the room 
in silence the workers settled down to their allotted task there was much to be done if the coupons were to be ready by the agreed time half past eight poor miss tennyson said mary corbett i feel worse about her losing than i would feel if it were myself do you know said miss rayburn that i was just about to say something like that i wonder whether we could afford to trade off some of our coupons to get her some next week we both have a good deal miss corbett was about to speak when there came from the inner office a loud yell oh screamed brother fat look michael holy smoke yelled michael there was an exodus at once from the outer to the inner office all seemed to get through the door at once then everybody even the most staid and self-controlled broke into screams of wonder and joy standing in the centre of the room his mouth wide open his eyes magnified with wonder was brother fat holding up to the wondering gaze of michael a tissue-covered christmas package labelled in blue pencil thirty-three thousand coupons domestic for miss bigby End of chapter 13